Anybody? I haven't dated in 15 years. Me and my wife, we've been married 13 years, and then uh, we dated for, I guess, about a year, and then uh, I took the plunge. You know what I'm saying? The old, oh, here we go, baby. Took the old knee, and it was awesome, monumental, wonderful event, man. People there, just like the heavens opened, and it was beautiful. She's crying, and I'm, I'm high-fiving. Uh, my dog was there with me. It was just, it was an amazing, wonderful event. Uh, so, but that was 15 years ago. So, in getting uh, prepared to uh, to talk about today, honestly, I forgot a lot about dating. I, 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 my dating that I really remember mostly. Uh, let me just say this: is it says courting at the end of that courting versus commitment because apparently it used to be called courting and the reason that i know this is because i had a mammal named rachel i had mammal rachel mammal i would go stay with her for a couple of weeks every sunday uh not every sunday every summer i would go stay with mammal and she had her own routine she wore this certain like velour jumpsuit and we would watch like uh we would we would watch uh, walker texas ranger and dallas those were her shows and she would make me those tostitos pizza and she would sit in one of those chairs that would take you up and down you know, so these are things that I remember. And then before bed, uh, we would do exercises. Her exercises were very generic. It was some of this. It was some of this. She would try to touch her toes, which she couldn't. And uh, so I remember as a kid, we would do these exercises. And then she had a butcher knife that was like this long. And that's how she locked her door. The door didn't lock. She had just put a hole in the door jam, So she would slide that butcher knife through the door jam. And as like a 10-year-old kid, I always thought, oh, my god if anybody gets in the knife is right there i mean i mean it was terrifying and every summer i got close to jesus staying at mama rachel's because i was always like in fear uh that, that bad things were going to happen at, at mama rachel's but anyway so mama rachel though whenever you would walk in she always wanted to know who are you courting who are you courting now i said i don't tennis i don't know what is it what what is court she said who are you dating or who are you involved with right now she would ask my sister who are you courting and uh, my sister i guess maybe whenever she was in 10th grade or something she told her she was she was courting marvin and every year i mean 15 years after marvin was long gone she was still asking, how is Marvin doing? Are you still courting Marvin? It's like, Mama, I am courting Marvin since we were skating backwards at the skating rink. I mean, Marvin's a long way back there. But she, she couldn't remember to, to turn the eye off the stove, but maybe she could remember courting Marvin. So courting, I guess, apparently back then was dating. Whenever my parents were coming up, it was going steady. Uh, whenever I was in high school, you weren't dating, you weren't going steady, you were talking to people. How many of y'all remember that? Anybody remember those days? Some of y'all do, some of y'all my age. You weren't dating, you were just talking. It's like, man, me and Heather have been talking like three months now. Yeah, man, me and Susie, we just started talking. And, and talking, of course, dating, uh, you know, back then it was, uh, so I'm having to freshen up. The reason I'm telling you all this is I had to go back to a place in the reservoirs of my brain and think about what was life like as a dater? What was it like not to be married? Because I remember back then dating was you were just trying to uh, get this part of your hand to touch the girl's hand. How many of y'all, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Girls, y'all don't have any idea what's going on in the mind 
mind of a man. But when you're sitting at the movie theater, you're just trying to get this part. Come on, Deuce, you know what I'm saying? Her hand is on the movie thing right there, and you're like, okay, now we have contact. Yes, we have made contact here. And now here it comes. Is she going to move it? That's where it's at, dude. <laughs> You've been there. Is she going to move the hand? And if she doesn't move the hand, you're just like, oh, we're, we're, getting, we're getting somewhere. You have no idea what's on the screen. You, know, you don't even care what's on the screen because it's just like every fiber of your being is like, are we about to be talking? Because we might be out to be. Look at Don. You know what I'm talking about, Don. Look at young man. Then the finger goes over, don't it? It's like, they just hang that finger over there. Oh, she still don't move. Now, listen, I've been, on, I've been on the bad end and the good end, Deuce, to where it's like the hand goes away and you're like, man, we're not talking. I can't tell all my friends we aren't talking. But then I have been on the good end where it's like the finger goes up. Oh, we're good. So now it's official. We just started talking. We're officially dating. And that's dating for me as a 14-year-old. And, and dating is you look your best, you smell your best, you act your best for about two hours out of the week while you're dating. And my point is, sometimes when it comes to Jesus, we like to dress up once a week. And we like to look our best. We like to smell our best. We like to put the best smile on our face. We like to have manners and do some hallelujahs and some handkerchiefs and some thank you, Jesus. But Jesus is not interested in dating you once a week. He's interested in marrying you. And there's a, a world of a difference between marriage and dating. Dating, you don't let in. You, you're trying to highlight and hide. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You're trying to highlight your positives. And I don't care if you're 14 or if you're 60. If you're dating, you're wanting to just for men or spanks for men. Uh, you're trying to hide the things that you don't want them to see. Nobody that's dating leads with their negatives, right? Nobody does that. There's no funky smells in the car. There's, no, there, there, there's none of that. When you're dating, uh, things like that don't happen to you. They, that, that, they don't do that. I don't even use the restroom. <laughs> don't even do it. Don't even know anything about it. I don't use the restroom. I don't stink. Don't even sweat. I'm a dater. I am perfect perfection. But listen, after 15 years of marriage, my wife has smelt and seen things about me she didn't know that she was buying into. When you come in from cutting grass and you just stink, uh, you don't lead with that in dating. In dating, you're highlighting your best and you're trying to hide your worst. You don't want them to know things that might scare them off. But in Christianity, God doesn't just want your best. He wants your worst. He wants that attitude and that hurt and that pain. He wants to be along for the whole ride, the whole journey. He's committed to you. And if over and over and over again, the Bible says that we're married to Jesus, I want you to see a couple things this morning. Number one is he's committed to you. He's willing to marry you. And you may feel like you don't have anything to offer. I love in John chapter 2 the first miracle that Jesus performs. Anybody know the first miracle Jesus performs? Most people know this. 
He turned the water into wine. Come on, somebody. 180 gallons of the best wine you can taste. Come on, there's six pots. He says, fill those six 30-gallon pots full of water, and whenever they go go to pour the water out it becomes wine but the occasion that jesus uses to come out of obscurity is a wedding in other words at this point whenever jesus decides to perform his first miracle no blind eyes have been opened nobody been raised from the dead he was just a 30 year old man living at home with his parents not too good or promising Right? He's just a regular 30-year-old man living at home that's never done anything significant. He's the son of a carpenter, just a regular person. And yet at a wedding, he decides this is the time whenever I'm going to show the world who I really am. So the Bible says in John chapter 2, verse 1, if you've got it, you can put it up there. It says on the third day, everybody say third day. On the third day, Jesus goes to a wedding in Canaan. And he's standing there and he's watching one man and one woman commit themselves for better or for worse through thick, through thin, good times and bad. And as he's watching this ceremony, he decides this is the moment this this place of commitment i'm going to show the world my mission or who i am why is it well because he knows that three years later from this point there's going to be another third day and on this third day he's attending a wedding but three years he's going to walk out of a tomb on the third day and he's going to assume his role as the husband of the church and as he walks out of that place he takes his bride so people always say Why did Jesus never get married? He was saving himself for you. The reason he never got married is because you're his bride. You're the one that he was saving himself for. You're the one that that he was waiting for. He was waiting to walk out of that tomb on the third day and become your bride. But marriage can be ugly. How many of y'all know that? The church can be ugly. Whenever you, whenever, you, whenever you decide not to just date the church and become committed to the church, you have to be committed to all of it. I, whenever I married my wife, I had to be committed to some crazies. Don't tell her. She's not in here. I don't have to worry about it. Y'all secrets close. It's safe with me. I know it is. But listen, whenever you marry somebody, you're marrying the whole family. Come on, you're marrying everybody. You're marrying her debt, her problems, her pain, her insecurities. All the things you didn't see while you were dating, you're all getting those. You're getting a package deal. For two hours, she got the very best of me. But whenever we got married, she got 24 hours of my goods, my ups, my downs, my pain, my, my Johan Musk. No, nobody wears that anymore. No, Royal Copenhagen. Old Spice. No. I saw my favorites right there, y'all. Just kidding. I see my daddy wore. I still smell it in his beard. My daddy go to kiss me. Got that roll of Copenhagen on. But my good smells, my bad smells, everything, whenever me and my wife came together, we, we left dating behind. And we made a lifelong commitment to each other, richer, poorer, better, worse. And listen, a lot of times in marriage, uh, our, our vows, they should be more open with the vows. They should be, hey, go ahead and tell them and say, listen, that ring that you're putting on your finger, it's like a never-ending circle of stuff. 
and it ain't all honeymoon stuff. It's like you got bills to pay, and you got this. But nobody says that. The preacher doesn't say that. The weddings that I've done, you don't get up there and say, you sure you want to do this? No, you're, you're just taking them through the, the, the sweetness without ever explaining sometimes there's going to be some things in the road that you have to overcome, obstacles that you have to come. So the, two th- the one thing, that the, the, the point that Jesus wanted me to hit you today with is you can't just date the church. Or whenever I'm not just saying this church in particular, I'm saying the body of Christ. I'm saying him as a person. Jesus is not a floozy. Come on, you can go ahead and hashtag that if you want to. What did you learn in church today? Jesus ain't no floozy. What church do you go to? Tell them that other guy down the road. Just kidding. Jesus is not a floozy. He's not interested in your one in your Sunday morning stand. Come on, he wants you Monday morning when your teeth aren't brushed. Come on, somebody. He wants you Monday afternoon when you've been cutting the grass. He wants you Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. He doesn't just want your best foot forward. He wants both feet all in because that's the way he is. He's all in, baby. He didn't leave nothing. He, he took it all. God, I love Jesus that he took it as bad as you could take it. He didn't just take a quick death. No, he said, give me all you got. Rip out my beard and my fingernails and stab me. I want to be uh, close. I want to know their pain and their sorrow come on he's committed to you what's he want us to do he says be my bride don't you know that you're my bride i want you to be my bride i want you to to to, to just as that ceremony he's witnessing he says this is the moment when i show everybody who i am because this is what i came for i didn't come just to heal some blind eyes he said i came to join myself to my body and, and, and through thick and thin for the rest of my life listen now we get to a, a eternity that that's what it's all about come on we're not just going to be floating and it's going to be great to float. I, I believe we're going to get to float in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. No, but there's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. What's that mean? That everything Jesus went through, it all becomes worth it. And we're together with him. Psalms chapter 35, verse 27. I want to give you this scripture this morning. Everybody say, don't date Jesus. Come on, give me a don't. Give me a date. Give me a Jesus. Come on, everybody say, don't date the church. Come in here all smelling good, looking good, smiling. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then on Monday, don't even talk to him. Well. Psalm chapter 37, verse 25. I, I love this. This is David at the end of his life. David has lived a long, full life of not dating God but being committed to God some of you you've only been serving the Lord or you got saved maybe a month ago or two months ago or three months ago or six months ago or a year ago and you're young in in God and and, and things are really uh peachy you know like peachy but but I could tell you if you're gonna be married to Jesus storms are gonna come Come on, the Bible says the storms of life come to all of us. And this is not a message to scare you. This is a message to strengthen you. That when the storms come, because here you have an old man named David. And he says, I once was young. In other words, David said, I remember a time whenever I was just a shepherd boy. And I just started my walk with the Lord. And it was me and my harp and some sheep. And I would sit on the mountain and I would worship the Lord. And everything was awesome and it was wonderful. And I just loved being in the presence of God. 
God. But I can tell you, whenever you get married, things don't stay that rosy all the time. Because he said, as a young man, he said, a lion came into my life that tried to eat me and tried to destroy what, what, was, what, what I was taking care of. And at that moment of adversity and difficult, David, he had a choice. He could either hit the road and say, I can't take this anymore. I can't take the commitment. I'm not interested in doing this. And he could allow that lion to rule and to, to ruin and destroy what God was trying to do in his life. If you remember Jesus, Jesus came up to Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, the devil has desired to sift you like wheat. But he said, I have prayed for you uh, to, that, that you would be strengthened, that your faith would not fail. And when you are converted, you'll strengthen the brethren. Here, David saying the same thing. He says, listen, I remember as a young man, he said, I had to make a choice whether or not that lion was going to end my walk with God or if I was going to end the lion's life. So he said, I killed that lion come on as a young christian you'll have to kill uh, some pride in your life you'll have to kill uh, some of your own ambition you'll have to kill maybe alcoholism or cigarettes or sleeping around there'll be some lions i can tell you god's gonna expect you to kill if you're gonna be married to him Come on, I could not stand and get married to my wife and then say, now that we're married, I'm going to go do whatever I want. You're about to be divorced. Come on. I can, you can't stand for God and say, the rich or poor, all right, baby, we've tied the knot. I like her. She's going to kick my behind in her jujitsu kung fu stuff that she's been learning, right? So, why? Because there's a commitment there that's been made. And sometimes whenever you make that commitment to Jesus, uh, you don't recognize that. I'm just telling you, it's coming. And there's going to be some lions that you'll have to kill while you're young. And then you think, well, great, everything's back to normal. That's awesome. No, a bear's coming. Because he said, I killed a lion, and then a bigger adversity or obstacle came into my life. And he said, and then I had another choice. Am I going to stick with God? Am I going to stick with church? Am I going to stick with him? Or am I going to part ways? Is this where me and God split ways? Is it, is it the commitment too great? But he said, I, I've decided to kill the bear that was trying to kill me. And that bear could be loneliness or depression. Whatever it is that comes into your life to try and get you off course, you just got to choose are you married or are you dating because if you're married it's time to kill some stuff and then he says I I'm glad that I learned while I was young from the lion because I learned something about me and about God and whenever I killed the bear I learned something about me and about God and he said it's good that I learned it because then Goliath walked into my life 600 pounds worth of uh, 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 all of his armor and his sword and his shield and he said he was going to kill me me he was going to destroy me and everybody else was turning and running away from God when Goliath walked in Goliath said I'm gonna kill all you jokers and they said this is too much for me I'm leaving and it was only David that stood up and said you know what I'm decided I'm gonna take five smooth stones out of the, the the river and I'm gonna go and he says I'm gonna cut your head off I'm gonna kill you and I'm gonna feed your your carcass good place to walk in <laughs> what in the world are you talking about in here? Skid <laughs> huddle. That's exactly what you're thinking. I bet. Here, David says, I once was young. And while I was a young man in God, he said, I had to make a choice. Are the lions going to kill me or am I going to kill the lions? 
Are the bears going to kill me or am I going to kill the bears? Are the, are the Goliaths going to kill me or am I going to kill the Goliaths? Am I going to let anything cause me to divorce God? A am I going to allow anything to do that or I'm going to hang in the pocket? And then he, says, he said the next thing that I had to deal with was not just lions and bears, but he said my own self. He said because I became so spiritually awesome that he said I didn't recognize that I became a murderer good place to quit serving the Lord when you start killing people he says I became an adulterer really good place to check out right there God you don't like me anymore because of what I've done so maybe you aren't giving up on me but I'm giving up on you because I just can't handle the shame anymore so I can't serve you anymore because of this sin that's in my life so maybe he says, you know, I could have let adultery end my relationship. I could have let murder end my relationship. And then he says, and then I got to bury my own kid. He says, then I got to take my oldest son, my baby, and I have to put it in the ground. Good place to shake your fist at God and say, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you kill my son? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Divorce. Not walking with God anymore. That would have been a good place. Then he's got another son that tries to kill him. Goodness gracious. What's going on in this man's life? But at, the, at this passage of Scripture right here, he says, I once was young. He said, man, I've been through a lot. Come on, God's helped me through some stuff. Uh, uh, adversity that came against me, things in my own heart, my own life, sorrow, depression, and pain. But he said, and now I'm old. Come on, now I've got, got a white beard. Cy Robertson. Probably a little more upstairs than Cy Robertson, just saying, probably so. But he says, I once was young, and now I'm old. What's the rest of it say? He says, and yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. That's what he says. Amplified says, or, or the Message Bible says, I once was young, but now I'm gray-headed. And he says, I've never seen God's people forsaken by him and I've never seen his children begging that they are blessed come on as a young man he saw he went through a bunch but he says now I'm old and he says I've stuck with God since I was a little kid all the way up into where now I'm about to enter eternity and he says I can honestly say that throughout my whole span of experiences of killing pride and killing everything that was in my life he says God never forsook me God was committed to me because I was committed to him whenever I chose not to divorce him or not to leave him and not to leave his presence he says God brought me through every level and he said it didn't just affect me he says now my seed won't beg for bread or in other words he says my descendants my children and my grandchildren are gonna have a different kind of life because I didn't divorce God when I had lots of opportunities whether it was shame because of sin or whether it was heartache and I didn't understand or whether it was just outside circumstances he said I chose not to and he says he says the seed never, it, it affects the next generation what's maybe going on in the church in America these days well there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on but, but I believe if we'll not just be committed two hours on a Sunday when we look our best and smell our best we say you know what God nothing's going to shake me off of what you've called me to do 
There's not enough peer pressure in the world to keep me. There's not a job or a career that's good enough to shake me or to keep me. There's not a heartache that's great enough to make me not serve you and follow you all the days of my life. The, the next verse, verse 28. Put it up there if you got the last verse. Nope. Psalm 37, 25 through 28. There it is. Last verse, verse 27. Oh, we'll do 26. It says, he's forever merciful. He lends. A man's descendants are blessed. Come on, how many of y'all want the next generation to be blessed? Come on, I believe. I'm glad that the fight for today is not altogether for today, but it's for a brighter future indeed. Come on, that's what Abraham Lincoln said. He's trying to go through, trying to eradicate slavery. He says, listen, the fight that we're fighting for today, it's not just for today, baby. It's for a brighter future indeed. Last one, it says, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. How many of y'all know forevermore is? It's forever. He says, this is a lifelong commitment to the church, to Jesus. He says, this is forever." more the last thing i want to share with you this morning is uh, the story of in john chapter four how many of y'all remember that story just kidding uh i mean it does john chapter four the bible says that jesus is going uh, between like capernaum and galilee but the bible says something pulled jesus or he says it actually says jesus had to go to samaria now jesus ain't got to do nothing he don't want to do he's the son of god and yet something's pulling him to samaria so the bible says he comes into samaria and he comes to jacob's well and he's sitting there the bible says wearied from his journey and he's wanting something to drink and coming down the road at 12 o'clock in the afternoon comes uh, uh, the samaritan woman and she comes she approaches the well and jesus says uh, give me something to drink and, and this lady says i'm a jew I'm, I'm a samaritan you're a jew we aren't supposed to be talking i'm a woman you're a man we aren't supposed to be talking here this is not right and, and he says yeah but if you knew who was asking you for a drink he says you would ask me for a drink because i've got water that'll cause you to never be thirsty again well that sounds delicious so she says, give me some of this water. He says, this is a water that springs up to everlasting life. Man, I want some of that too. And so he tells her, he says, go get your husband. Y'all, some of y'all may be familiar with this, this story. She says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, that's right. She says, five times you've been divorced. Five times you've split or broke off that commitment. Five times you've committed yourself and then you've broke off of that commitment. And the man that you're sleeping, that you're living with now, he's not your husband. Come on, you know, Jesus, read your mail. Well, you can keep your water. She doesn't say that, you know, she doesn't say that. Because another thing, Jesus doesn't tell her to repent. He doesn't get on to her. He's just letting her know who she's talking to. He's saying, listen. You ain't going to get nothing by me. I understand. I know the, the commitment problems that you have. Because dating, listen, dating, whenever you go from dating to marriage, it's a commitment thing. The, the, the next part about dating is it's an opportunity. Uh, uh, you can't be productive whenever you're dating. How many of y'all know what that means? You're not supposed to be having babies when you're dating. Can I get an amen? 
Now, that's a biblical thing right there. Obviously, there's people that are doing plenty of that now. But I'm telling you, from a biblical standpoint, productivity comes from marriage. And this is a woman that he says five times that you've, you've done this, you've lived, you've lived this way, you've broken this commitment, but he's trying to, 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 to heal her and bring her to a new place of commitment with him. And the Bible says that after he does this with her, after he has this conversation from her with her, the Bible says that she leaves her water pot and that she goes out. I love this verse. Put that verse up there. John chapter 4. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. You got it up there? Oh. Don't y'all get, get excited about stuff like this? Can't y'all just love this stuff right here? Just like, oh, gosh, look at those words. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city, many of them, came to him. Here's a woman that had some, obviously, some real commitment issues. And that whenever there's a difference between dating and marriage, the number one difference to me is, is commitment. Whenever you make a commitment to marriage, it's a commitment. Whenever you make a choice, I'm talking about marrying Jesus. Whenever you take a, a commitment to marry Jesus, it is a commitment through thick and thin, uh, through good times and bad, like we talked about with David. But the other thing here is productivity. That once you get married to Christ, now you can become productive. Or you can start making a uh, 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 progress. Let's just say it like this: making babies. Y'all yeah, know what I'm saying here. Whenever you become married to Christ, you actually come to a place now that you can be productive and you can do things. Listen, the number one decision any of us will ever make is to make Jesus the Lord of our life. The number two decision any of us will ever make is whether or not we allow Him to cause us to be productive, whether or not we allow ourselves to be joined to Him. Because once you're joined to Him, then you can be productive. And I'm telling you this, at the end of your life, the only thing you're really going to care about, I can tell you, at the end of your life, the only thing you're going to care about, number one, am I going to heaven? Going to get an amen. Number two is i got to stand before God now, and I've got to account for what I did for Him. Was I productive in the place that he called me to? If you've been here the past couple of weeks, you know that uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago we talked about how the Bible says that, that, that God sets us in our place, that we begin as rough stones, rough stones, no beauty to them, but he cuts, he polishes, and he hones that stone. He puts facets, 53 facets in the typical diamond. He works all 53 of those facets, and he makes, he takes a rough stone, and he polishes it, he cuts it, he fixes it. But then the Bible says in Corinthians that he sets that stone in its place. He's a jeweler. Jehovah jeweler. He puts that stone where it's supposed to be. In, in, the body, in, in, in the body of Christ, God. He says, I'm building a, a, a temple that God can live in. And he says, it's made of living stones. He sets that thing in its place. Listen, you and I, we all have this choice. Are we, number one, going to be saved, make Jesus the Lord of our life and all that kind of stuff? But again, Jesus is not, not a floozy. He's not interested in, in just Sunday. He says, I want to be your bride. I've given it all. I've committed everything. I didn't get married on the earth just so that I could save myself for you. Uh, wh what are you going to do? Are you going to date? Are you going to cling? Or are you not going to cling?
Come on, I believe we got some clingers in here. Come on, I'm looking at some clingers. I'm looking at people that say, you know what? I, I don't want to just give him my pretty. I'll let him have all of it. Not just Sunday, but I'll just give him, I'll just give him my life. Does that mean that you spend all day praying? No, I don't have time to spend all day praying, and I'm a preacher. I'll spend all day praying. But listen, all day there is some type of communication that's going on because a marriage without communication is a really not much of a marriage. You know what I'm saying? He won't ever talk to me. So then she just quits talking to him. And then they'll live year after year after year after year after year. They cohabitate, but there's no productivity. There's no romance. Listen, Jesus wants romance. Come on, somebody. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you that... He, that's what he came for. That's what he lived for. That's what he died for is for us uh, not to date, but to be married. How many of y'all received that this morning? Come on, I got, I got, I got nine other points. Y'all ready? Just kidding. I told you I was only going to give you one. Everybody remember the main point today? Don't, don't date church. Don't date Jesus. How many of y'all got some cake out there? Y'all got the little wedding cake? It's like, who's getting married? You are. You, you're getting married. You, you're standing before him and say, God, I want a relationship with you. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Father God, for uh, Lord Jesus, that you, uh, you left everything for us. Thank you, Father God, that we examine our own selves. We examine our own heart this morning. Have we been dating? Have we been uh, so casual with you? Lord Jesus, you told that woman, you said, you've had five commitments, and the one that you're in now, you're really not committed to. Have we, have we for five Sundays said, yes, Jesus, only to walk away? No, I thank you, Lord, that each one of us today, we purpose in our heart to fresh and new make a commitment to you, to your church, to the purpose of God uh, for us corporately and individually. If you're here, you've never been saved. You need to be born again. Listen, I can pray with you, pray for you, but really, this is a condition of your heart. So I encourage each one of us, myself included, just to examine our hearts and say, God, am I committed? Come on, am I productive? Because once I marry you, I'm committed. And there should be some productivity. There should be some fruit. Jesus said that we would be known by our fruit. Father God, make us, show us how to be productive. Show us how to be committed this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Let's make this confession of faith this morning, then I'll dismiss you. Everybody say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word and I know while I'm young you'll bring me through all the trials all the obstacles all the pain and when I'm old I'll be able to say I was never forsaken because I dwelled with you forevermore thank you father for your goodness I commit fresh and new to you to your church to your purpose I don't want to date you. I want to marry you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank God for his, uh, how wonderful he is. Uh, I encourage you, uh, you know, today's Sunday. He's not interested in dating. I encourage you tomorrow, you get in the car, you say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Want to talk? He'll talk to you. What you want to talk about? Come on. Uh, he'll talk. So I encourage you. Fellowship with the Lord this week. Don't be a kid.